A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is episode 38 with Tom Sullivan for the Smart Chat series. I am so happy that you're here and thank you for joining my show, your coach, Helen Yuskovic. I am on a worldwide mission to help people get confident in putting themselves first because I used to put myself second my whole life. And because of that, I experienced every unhealthy relationship possible, an unhealthy relationship with myself, my health, my wealth, my intimate relationships, my family, my friends, and my career. I'm now living in an abundance that I used to just dream about. So I want to pave the way for you too. It's time, guys. It's time that you live in the life of your dreams as well. So let's take a step towards that right now. P.S. Subscribe to my podcast on your app now so that you always tune in to my new episodes. We have the amazing Tom Sullivan here and Tom Sullivan is a qualified meditation teacher living in Sydney, Australia. His journey into this practice began in London, UK, under the guidance of the London Shambhala Center. Later, he was initiated into the Kriya Yoga lineage from the famous yogi, get ready for this, Paramahansa Yoganandra, and his journey into the internal deepened in earnest. He furthered his understanding through learning from traditional practice in both Thailand, which was Buddhism, and Cambodia, yoga and Hinduism. His unique nondescript teaching style reflects a broad training and appreciation for the many wonderful teachers and styles he has immersed himself in. And this really reminds me of myself because that's exactly what I do. He specializes in helping people from all walks of life build their own unique practice using right techniques and a good understanding of how successful habits are formed. This guy is the calmest of all calm people that I've ever met. Tom Sullivan, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you, Helen. So good to be here and and absolutely nailed that uh, Paramahansa Yogananda as well. Congratulations. That is the longest name I've ever seen. (laughs) Tom, before we get underway, can you tell me how many hours of sleep you got last night? I woke up about 6.30. I got to sleep probably midnight. Aha. Uh-huh. So six and a half hours. Six and a half and feeling good, feeling good. I will have a nap at some stage today, but, um, you know, I think it's for me, that's quite a late 
night, but um, it was it was a good wake up. So that was the that was the main thing. It's also the sun shining today as well, which we haven't seen for a while. I know. It's delicious, isn't it? What happened last night? How come you went to sleep so late? I worked out very late and <laughs> I ate very late as well. And it's just like, it's you, you, I've just got to give it some time. Do you wait a couple of hours before you go to bed after eating? I try. Um, I remember someone told me once, like, don't lie down straight after you've, you know, after you've eaten. So make sure that, you know, that you let the gravity do its thing with digestion so i try and like at least stay sitting up for as long as possible mm. um but i didn't really have too much to do today so i was like very casual i was like oh, it doesn't matter i'll just wake up when i want to wake up and and it just turns out you know, i'm trying to keep my phone away <laughs> from my room and i woke up and i had a shower and i was like oh shit it's only seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> i had no idea what time it was i thought it was probably nine but um yeah but, but it's all about you know i just want to make sure i wake up and then immediately like go, okay, just start thinking good thoughts, get the day going and then, yeah, go go from there. So good. I actually had a great sleep too. I had a dream about dogs. I wonder what that means. Did you I had a dream about cats? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really weird. My dad had all these kittens and stuff. It was odd. It was really strange. But do you always remember your dreams? Yes. Remember um, Jim Quick, he said when we were at UPW, try to remember your dreams and try to write them down because it's great for the memory. I did that for quite a while, like dream journaling. Um, and it's, yeah, it definitely increases the vividness. If that, is that, mm -hmm. is that a word? Um, the vividness of your dreams. And, and But for me anyway, like my dreams are so vivid anyway, I carry them through the day regardless. I never, I never um, don't remember my dreams. I should get a dream interpreter on my show. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be into that. Have you ever used, yeah, you go on the internet and like, look at that. One of my things is fishing. Fishing's a recurring dream of mine. Like it's always a bit different, but I love fishing and I'm always catching fish. And it's like, I, I look at the dream uh, interpreter and it's like, you're probably just fishing for compliments all the time. Oh, I thought fish was success. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Tom, let's um, talk about you and because you've done so many amazing things. I've had the honor of working with you at our beautiful UPW event. But for mm. the listeners, can we just talk about how your lifestyle has unfolded for you? It's so interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's weird considering where I came from because I'm from a very small town in New Zealand. It's called Geraldine. Hugh the Banjo Music. There's about two and a half thousand people there. And it's like completely rural rugby and farming that's that's really what the things are and um i left so i mean in, in relation to this i left new zealand when i was 24 i moved to london uh i went via thailand and india and it was uh you know the only place i'd been to before that was australia so you know australia and new zealand new zealand and australia is, is no real difference there's no culture shock coming here put it that way mm -hmm. um so, I mean, long story short, the way that I got here was completely throwing myself out of what was normal for me. Like that trip through Thailand and India and then to London was like just so eye-opening for me and couple in some lovely experiences with hallucinogenics, which was like really, you know, <laughs> really like for me, I was like, holy moly, there's so much going on in my mind. I like, I was, for me, it was just this time where I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but it's really expansive. And I think that's the, um, when I teach, I talk a lot about beginner's mind. 
so going into a sitting with beginner's mind, so no expectations, because, you know, as you'd know, you know, because you're, you're a meditator as well, sometimes you have a good practice and then you try and replicate what happens, you know, like, so you drop in and then you start to try and like force it down a certain channel. Um, and you'll never get the same kind of experience that you're completely, you know, completely wide open. And that was really what happened to me when I was, you know, 24. I ended up having what you'd call epiphanies, like two massive out-of-body experiences that just sort of spontaneously happened. And it threw me for a bit of a loop, but it sent me on this journey, basically. It just sent me on this quest for understanding, answers, and probably one of the biggest things from that was meditation. So I, I started, I bought Meditation for Dummies, that that book, and got into I know it. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a really funny introduction. And then, um, yeah, I went to the Shambhala Center, which is a Buddhist center close to where I was living in London. I read the book by Paramahansa Yogananda called Autobiography of a Yogi. It's a very, very famous book. And if you haven't read it, I really recommend that you do. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then from there, got into Kriya Yoga. And the journey has just really continued from there. Like, so it's always been... There's something that, you know, there was something that happened to me in that. And I was like, wow, there's, you know, there is much more to life than I was experiencing when I was in New Zealand, for example. And interestingly enough, when I was a kid, I used to, when I, I remember this really vividly, I would go to bed and I would get annoyed because I was just, all I could do was focus on my breath and listen to my heartbeat and that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, I feel it, it was really strange. I was going into the spontaneous thing, never knew about it. I don't really tell anyone that either. And I would have like weird, I just have these weird experiences. Like, you know, reality would sort of change. Things would be really far away or really close and all this sort of really strange stuff. And for me, I was like, you know, like it was, it kept happening when I was younger. And um, I always sort of thought about I thought about my thoughts a lot, you know, and I, I it was for me, it was weird. And, and part of my, I guess, mission for why I'm teaching is that, you know, I want people to understand that you're not your thoughts and, and like all of that stuff really, really interests me. Right. Um, and where I grew up, we just don't address it. And, you know, we had a lot of problems where I was from with um, especially young males, you know, suicide, depression, that sort of side of things. And, and we just don't, you know, for, for where I grew up, it's just, you know, it's a staunch male culture and um, it's, you know, people don't really talk about how they feel and how they think and, and that sort of side of things. So, yeah, it's it's always been interesting for me and it's amazing to go, oh my God, it, there's just, there's so much information and there's so many amazing practices that have been around since time immemorial, right? Um, that we can lean on to do that. And I just find it fascinating. Do you remember what made you go on this quest? No, it, it just, it was it, the, the, the quest for information and understanding and learning was really um, tr me trying to work out that I wasn't crazy. So I was having these experiences out of my mind and I was like, I have no idea what's happening. Literally have no idea, but it was the most powerful experience I've ever had in my life. It literally changed my life. Like the next day was like the first day of the rest of my life. And, um, but I didn't make any sense of it. And it was very, um, sort of un, not really yeah it was sort of untethering in a lot of ways so it was it was a quest for understanding and, and as soon as I sort of opened up one door it was just like all oh, right and then it just opened you know it's continually opening up doors from there so beautiful just follow your path 
just keep going yeah yeah and it's so random it's so random I, I think like you know me 24 years old and saying I'm 36 now um you know me at that stage going this is where I'd be right now I think it would be great I, I just I'd be like no way that that would you know be the case but life it you know it's funny we're the same happens. age Tom oh there we go no I turned 37 two weeks ago <laughs> oh right right happy birthday thank you can you talk about do you practice yoga I do yeah yeah when did you start that journey and what are your thoughts of yoga? I always try and stress and say that, you know, yoga is a much, much broader practice than the one that we're, that we understand when, when we say yoga. So my journey into like the yoga began when I started meditation because meditation is a key part of yoga, but the physical practice and it's, it's, I'm glad you brought this up. Physical practice. I started probably nine years ago and I went to Bikram. That was the first place I went to. Yes. I went for like eight months. Tom, I've been doing Bikram yoga since 2011. Ah, uh, we, we haven't talked enough, right? No. We should, we need to talk more. There's a lot of parallels in what's going on. This is cool. But yeah, I, I like, I was into it because it made, you know, like it, I didn't enjoy the, the practice so much. Like Bikram is not enjoyable. Uh, if you enjoy that, you're a psychopath. Like, My friends don't understand why I say still to this day, man, it was a hard class. They're like still. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what, yeah. That's what I love about yoga. I don't do Bikram anymore. It's too hardcore. And, and I like the variety in other practices, but I do like a hot yoga. I like that, the sweat out. And, um, you know, importantly, it's, it's the same with meditation. It's not like it's always enjoyable. It's hard work a lot of the time, but it's how you feel afterwards. It's like, you know, that's definitely a good investment in my time. And do you teach yoga? Mm -mm, no, I don't really have any interest in that. But I do, um, some of the new techniques that I'm teaching, there are like four or five different yoga techniques um, that, that I do. I wouldn't mind doing some teacher training for yoga, but more just for my understanding of the body, like, you know, the, you know, that, that side of things. You teach meditation though. I do. Yes. You put all of us into a trance all the time. <laughs> when did that start? Uh, that started for a little over four years ago. So I was um, dating a, a lovely ex-girlfriend of mine. She was a yoga teacher. And I was, um, you know, I was obviously deep into my meditation practice and I've always felt like, I don't know, it sounds so lame, but I've always felt a bit of a calling. Like I'd always chew people's ears off about the benefits of meditation and try and get them into it. So it felt like a bit of a natural progression, but just seeing her, she was a yoga teacher and seeing her like kind of lifestyle and how that all went, I was like, oh, that seems really good. I want a slice of that. So um, and it was perfect because she was really instrumental in helping me sort of start to, you know, build opportunities to do it and, and you know, sort of learn how to sort of put things together around that. So good. Mm. Tom, it's time for a curveball. Are you ready to play? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what is something super interesting about you or something that people don't know? So something super, I don't know how interesting, actually it is interesting because everyone's always interested in this sort of stuff. Oh, he's getting something guys. Oh, there's a dog. He picked up a dog. Yeah. I love, um, I love, love, love dogs. Um, I've always loved dogs and I have volunteered at the Sydney dogs and cats home looking after them, but this is chance. He's 15. 
I adopted him last year. Yes. What breed? He's. I think he's a pom mix. Yeah, um, he looks like a cross of something beautiful. Yeah, I think it's pom or, and spitz. That's my best guess. Um, but they're like I couldn't live without animals, and um, he's a good boy. He's deaf and nearly blind. I thought um, he had a bit of vision issue. Oh, the poor yeah, darling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, that's something that also I'm very passionate about, looking after animals and um, making sure that they get their best life possible. That's so beautiful. Hey, isn't it interesting how dogs can still do things when they lose their sight and their hearing? Yeah, it's amazing. Like their senses are so, yeah, they're so tuned up compared to us. But, but yeah, he's usually just asleep. As long as I'm there, he's like, he's, he's happy. Oh, this dog is so beautiful. Tom, what are some ancient practices that you love and how did you learn about them? I'm all about Ayurveda and once a month I do something called an Abhyanga massage and it's so amazing and you, uh, at the end you go into this wooden steam room type thing where only your head is exposed. It's fully traditional Indian. It's so amazing. Oh, wow. Well, that's really interesting. You'll have, to, uh, you'll have to send me some details on that. I'm always keen to try those sort of things. Um, I think probably the one for, there's lots of stuff around um, meditation, yoga, et cetera. But the one that I, I was always quite interested in was stuff around breathing. There's a really good book um, called The Science of Breath. And it's by Yogi Rama Chakra. Uh, we can, I can send you a link to a PDF, <laughs> but it's worse than Paramahansa Yogananda. I've never got that one down, but it, what is interesting to me and the deeper I go into my practice, the more I realize how important this is because, uh, the transfer or like the, um, the breath is the easiest way to absorb prana. So pranayama is, you know, that's Prana is life force, you know, so it's everywhere, but, you know, we can take it in from food and, but breath is obviously a really important thing. And that side of things is, it's the same as like, you know, if you've got a, a, a car with a 1.6 liter engine in it, and then you put a V, you know, basically you like put a V8 in it, that's, that's working on your breath. So having that breath gives you access to, you know, I guess more energy, higher vibrational um, frequencies and you know you can stay in these places for longer for longer times so the it's really interesting so just to give you a really quick example there's one actually i did this after the goggins thing everyone was cooked <laughs> but um I, and so i was like right i'm not going to get you to do too much but um one of the things is like yoga complete breathing so you do things like you because normally we just especially the way that we sit we sit and we breathe out of our chest can we do it um, now yeah yeah well it's simple so i'll give you like you know so instruction is you want to train your body to um it's like using different muscles so the the way that i teach it is that you compartmentalize it so the first thing you do is you can even just keep your hand above the chest but you want to just breathe into the top of your lungs like so the top of your chest so thinking about um what muscles are engaged like when you sort of expand out from the collarbones and you'll notice like it's quite a short breath like like if you're just trying to breathe into the top of your chest and then you've got the norm the second part which is like the normal you know like rib cage expansion and you feel like you know that typical like lungs going in so that's rib cages going 
up and out, like in it's sort of an expansion there and you're getting really used to the sensation. What muscles am I using? What's the sensation I use when I'm having a full breath in the middle here? The third one is the most powerful one. And it's a place that we don't breathe into too much because, you know, it's sexy to have nice abs and that sort of thing. Like a big stomach is not, you know, it's not in fashion at the moment. <laughs> but the coolest way I like to, you know, imagine that is like you have a balloon, an, an uninflated balloon hanging from the bottom of your rib cage. And you think about disengaging the top and just filling up that, um, that balloon. So it's like a, and it's all into the stomach muscles. So And so you're not even using any other part except the stomach and you, you and you, it's an expansion like down and out of the stomach muscles. And this will take, and so then what you do for a complete breath is you do all three. So I do, so I, I breathe into the stomach. And when I filled up to the complete there, I breathe into the chest. And when I filled up there, I breathe into the top. And so then, so I do it three parts and you just practice that and practice it. I can't believe how much breath we just had. Yeah, it's amazing how much difference it makes. And it's so you're you're getting access to more prana. And the most amazing thing is, and talking about dream journals, that was one of the things I did. So I've always liked to build rituals. And so in the morning, the first thing I do is like do 12 rounds of that. And so the more you start to practice, the more natural it becomes. It becomes one smooth breath rather than, you know, like, and you start like kind of robotic stomach, chest, top of the chest. And then it's the most incredible thing is, and this is what, you know, they say in the book and all of this stuff, like people will go away from it because it's too simple, you know, but in reality, the simplicity is the absolute key. And what you'll notice is then you then start to, then you take your pulse and then you can start to um, do same breath in you can do breath hold you can do exhale for the same amount and what you'll notice is over like three or four weeks your capacity to breathe will increase a lot so you start to go you know you might do a count of eight and then you notice you you bring it to a count of ten and and you know and so on and so forth and the yogis of folklore and that sort of thing might be able to do 36 and they're like bringing huge amounts of energy into their body so when they go deeper into these other different kinds of practice they have all of this prana that they can use. And that's where a lot of supernatural abilities come from. But, you know, ultimately it's just a huge energetic boost for you as well. It's so amazing. I always say this to my clients, the slower you breathe, the longer you live. <laughs> yeah, that's a good mantra. I like that. Because um, I, it was a yogi that said this. Think of turtles and they can take two minutes for a full breath and they can oh, live wow. up to about 500 years of age. Yeah. And they credit that to their slow breathing. Yeah. Interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. So the breath, yeah, the breath is key and it's, it plays a big part. And, you know, as you'd know as well, a lot of the meditation practices as well. So the more aware you become and the start, you know, the more you start to practice that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, the control you can bring in is incredible. I love that. Tom, it's time for another curveball. Are you ready to play? Okay. Radio. <laughs> I think I already know the answer, but what is your biggest health tip that you can share with our listeners? Biggest health tip is that it all begins in the mind, right? You know, so you're making whatever decision you want to make, whatever positive decision you want to make, it begins with the decision. You know, you have to, you know, and that's what I, I was talking to you before about this, this challenge I'm doing the 75 hard. 
He's doing this crazy challenge, guys. It's called 75 Hard. Because I said to him, you look so ripped. And he said, I'm doing this challenge. I'm 60 days in. And yeah, tell us a little bit about this. Because obviously your mindset is at play here. Yeah, so it's it's a mental challenge, but you know, there's a lot of physical benefits to be had about that. But it, you know, it's making an agreement with yourself, and um, you know, I made this because I just wanted to change. Like I wasn't where I wanted to be physically, um, and I was. But more importantly, I was like, I need more discipline mentally. Like you know, throughout the day, I want to be more motivated. I want to be more um, focused in on the tasks I'm doing and in my work and and you know everything like that. So. This challenge just worked really well. Um, you know, you make an agreement to 75 days. And look, when I first started this, I had I had no idea that I'd be at this at day 60. I was like, just get to day seven. So and, good. you know, yeah. And, and I was like, see how you feel after that time. You know, how do you, how good will I feel? And then after seven days, I was like, I feel fantastic. You know, and then I was like, okay, well, I'll get to like, maybe I'll go for a month. And by the time I got to a month, I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm quitting this. And probably won't really drink again i don't think like it's just not wow. worth the payoff. yeah yeah it, that's probably been one of the big ones is you know i wasn't you know i wasn't a huge drinker but you know like there was times like i definitely enjoy you know being from new zealand love a beer um love a red wine but you you notice like after a while of how good you feel and then it just becomes too good to pass up um you know going forward but you know, that all begins with a, a choice and this challenge. It's like, we always talk about, you know, you hear about Goggins and the guy, Andy Frizzella that does the 75 hard talks about your inner bitch, right? Your inner bitch voice. <laughs> and <laughs> you notice at the start, it's like, oh, I can't be bothered, you know, like, and it's like, if oh, I didn't have this challenge. She talks to me every day, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still says it, but it's like, if you, if you agree to something and then you start to see the benefits and you're like, oh, this really works well for me. Um, you'll continue to do it. And that's what I think. It's the same thing when I'm saying with meditation is like get people to a point where you start to have nice experiences. Like, you know, you'll start to have a bit of a gap from your thoughts and then you'll start to be like, oh, wow. Like, you know, you'll have different feelings come up and different experiences, expansion in the body. You'll start to get in touch with your energetic self. Um, so, you know, there's all those things and you reach those sort of milestones or you start to have those experiences. And you're like, this is better than the way it was before. I don't want to go back to the way it was. It all starts with that choice that you make. Exactly, exactly. But the better you can look after yourself and, and the more, I think, you know, food's so important, um, you know, the and, you know, not poisoning yourself with alcohol is, is pretty important. And the more you do that, that, you know, the more you raise your vibration and the more, you know, the easier it is to stay in a good state. I think that's really important. Um, and Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on top of that is, is coupling that with, I listened to, this is, this is probably again, pretty left field, but have you ever heard of Abraham Hicks? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course. Love. Cause we're, you know, like we're on a parallel here. Yeah. yeah. We're, we like the same stuff as we're, yeah. as we're, as we're, um, you know, as we're finding out, but, I think like positive affirmations, that sort of stuff is so important as well. But, you know, when it, I think for everyone, like find the right formula for yourself, you know, like, and, but experiment, like it's your life experiment, do things, do things differently and see how it is. Like, you don't have to do it. Like, but, uh, you know, this, again, the thing I say with meditation is if people have been doing the same practice for thousands of years, it's worth investigating, right? Like, you know, there's gotta be something that's worth investigating from there especially if there's parts of your life, if you're completely happy, good, you know, good as gold. But if you like, there's things you want to change.
experiment you know this and the internet just opens up a world of opportunity to do that there's a lot of fear about not doing it right there's a lot of fear of people just sitting still because even some of my yoga clients that I try to drag in they're like I can't sit still I can't just sit there and do that I have to move and I'm like you need it the most yeah 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 exactly try it yeah yeah and it's like okay so do you want me to you know say say back to you what your inner bitch is saying you know like because yeah that's all it really is and I mean you know there's you can be nice about it you can be in your face depends on who they are but a lot of that is it's your ego and the ego does not want to do this it doesn't want to you know the ego doesn't exist in the present moment it only exists in the future or the past so it's the same thing with this practice like you it's not that you can't do it or you you know that you're not capable of doing or you you know you don't want to it's the fact is that you're dealing with the ego and you know the ego just doesn't it's you know it wants to stay in control that's what happens you know when you start to shine a spotlight you know we talk about the monkey mind and that sort of thing and you realize how ridiculous it is but also how much of a hold it has on what you do yeah but then also when you start to practice you realize oh i'm observing this so it's not who i am and i i can choose whether to go down that like particular thought pattern so that's not who i am i actually have more choice in this but you have to rest control back over yourself and this is how you can optimize your life with exactly. just implementing these practices. Yeah, yeah. But you've got to, I mean, ultimately as well, and, and one of the big things with um, with my practices, you have to have a strong why. Like you've got to have a really strong reason why to do it. Because if you half-ass into it, you you won't, you know, like you won't go into it deep enough and you won't get the experience. What's your process for finding your why? Um, you know... <laughs> I have, because of what I told you at the start in terms of these experiences, for me, it's different because I know that this, I know that life is more, there's so much more than we are led to believe and, and you know, our typical life sort of condition us into. So for me, it's like a yearning to, to get there. But from a day to day aspect, I can still, I still want to, I think for me, it's like, oh, I get sick of, not achieving or you know like being i don't want to be disappointed and and you know it's like the old seize the day sort of thing like for me it's like i just want to go to sleep making sure that i've given it my best shot today and some days it doesn't work out but then most days you know you just got to start keep winning those days um so for me it's like i've gone through you know like my, my life has been full of ups, ups and downs and and that sort of side of things and i think i've i've got to a point where I just don't want to I, I don't want the negative stuff and I don't want those bad thoughts and I don't want to feel like I'm not succeeding like and now that I've got a formula to know that I can it's a, a better way to hold myself accountable and, and you know keep going that way so for me it's like I know that if I put the work in everything else is easier better my relationships are better I feel better and there's just no I've, I've had the self-destructive sort of um, tendencies in the past and it's boring uh, it just bores me now like it's not it's not exciting for me you know it's not 
it's not fun. Like I used to, you know, like when I live in New Zealand, you'd go out on Saturday night and then you'd be on the couch eating KFC on Sunday. And Oh, I did that too as a DJ. It's it's good, but, it, you know, like it's just not as good as getting up and going for a bushwalk and feeling good about things and then succeeding at work and, you know, succeeding in your relationships and, and that sort of thing. So, but, but I think that comes over time and I think everyone probably has different drivers, but um, you know, that's probably my main thing is, is that I, I just want to feel good. I, I love feeling good and I want to keep feeling good. Tom, it's time for your last curveball. Are you ready to play? Okay. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I think I already know the answer to this too. All right. I love random acts of kindness. So my question to you is, what was yours? I think for me, it's, it's, it's a smile. Like it's gotta be, I, I try and just smile at everyone and, and spread a little bit of love. That's how good is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. And it, you know, you come up against people and you're like, Oh, there was a lady at the post office the other day and I took chance in. she wouldn't, you know, she didn't even, you know, she didn't like, he usually melts people. Right. You know, and it's, he's a good, good way to sort of um, be an icebreaker, but um, you know, it's funny how like sometimes you just cannot win that. You, you cannot win that battle, but you still in those situations I shift to, I shift to empathy. And and like, you know, you want to try and understand that. Um, you know, random acts of kindness. I I love that. And I love um just doing something to brighten someone's day, whatever it is. Um, you know, letting someone in in front of you in a queue or uh, you know, finding some way to help them out. It's just like, you know, letting people in and, you know, in, in the traffic or something like that is, is because, you know, the reality is in those little things, your sacrifice is usually like, you know, if it's in traffic, it's three seconds or something like that. And it's just, you know, you've made their day better. You've made your day just a little bit better, but incrementally, if you keep doing that, it just really helps. I love that. Yesterday, my mother and I were trying to get out of a shopping center and a huge line to get out. And, you know, everyone was letting one car in and then going, letting the other car in and going. Mm. And then when it came to my turn, my guy didn't let me in. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And my mother yeah. was like, what an idiot. And I was like, mom, you know what? He's probably having a bad day. And yeah. it still took us like 20 minutes to get to the front. Right. Yeah, exactly. That That's also the more powerful thing is being able to let stuff like that slide. You know, it's really good if you're feeling good and you can do that. But yeah, it, letting letting stuff slide. And I think, again, understanding, you don't know what kind of day he was having. You know, he might have been, you know, completely under stress. He's late for something or something like that. And so a little bit of empathy goes a long way, I think. 100%. Now, before we wrap up, is there anything you want to add? Is there anything coming up for you or anything that you'd like to share? Oh, wow. Um, lots of things. I love talking about this sort of side of things, but I just want to, um, I just want to say, um, I think it's really cool that we connect through a higher branch. And I think that that's an amazing, um, you know, thing, amazing organization to be a part of. And I love the holistic approach, right? You know, and that's the, that's the important thing for me is that I realize it's like, you can't just be good at one thing or you can't put your efforts into one thing when it comes to wellness. You know, it really does extend out to the things that we just talked about in terms of, you know, those random acts of kindness, treating yourself with, you know, love and respect and therefore, you know, being able to, you know, extend that outwards. And I think it's awesome to, 
you know, and if your listeners haven't, you know, check it out because there's so many cool people in there. Um, there's a lot of, you know, incredible things that you can learn from, but come to an event as well, because, you know, getting around that many people that are on the same wavelength and it's just incredible. Like it really, really, you know, you leave that just going, wow, you know, like feeling good about life and, and full. yeah, totally full. And, you know, it's, it's a really, really cool community to be, to be a part of. And it's still like ground level, you know, get in while it's, um, you know, while we're just building because it's, it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Can you bring your dog up to say goodbye? I certainly can. And he's asleep again. Oh, he's so cute. Chance. Is there a reason you called him Chance? Chance the Yapper. My favorite rapper is Chance the Rapper. So he's Chance the Yapper. He doesn't know his name because he's deaf. Look how cute he is, though. So beautiful. Guys, it looks like a baby lassie, but with (laughs) black fur and little um, glimpses of orange, like a little main he'll see him on chest. follow me on uh, instagram at a still mind he makes a lot of experience appearances there i'll put a link to that in the show notes tom thank you so much for your time today yeah cool chatting with you helen really cool yeah we'll talk soon definitely wow how cool was that episode guys i hope you enjoyed it just as much as i enjoyed it what about that cute puppy dog oh so beautiful I hope you got some value out of this episode. And as I said before, those links will be up on the show notes as well. Thank you times infinity for spending time with me. It really means a lot. Putting yourself first will really help escalate your goals, your dreams. And I love being on the journey with you. So make sure you come and tell me on my Instagram at whole health, which is H-O-L underscore health and comment below this podcast photo to share your thoughts on my show today and if you enjoyed it please leave me a five-star review on itunes or spotify so that i can keep bringing amazing value to you i'm sending you truckloads of love power and joy bye for now 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.